This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. We're connecting with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. A very warm welcome to you, Dr. Hammond. Good morning. I'm sure many people are concerned about this national shutdown potential. I do not believe that it is ever constructive to be destructive. It certainly does not help an economy to stone throw block access to roads or to interfere with free enterprise. I don't think economics is ever helped by destruction and boycotts. Mm. And I do not believe that there's really any place for sports boycotts. Um, I don't think it helps. I don't think that uh, what is going on with uh, trying to boycott, for example, Russia in economics or sports helps the situation. I grew up in Rhodesia, what today is Zimbabwe, which is under total international economic sanctions. And, you know, at the end, it didn't really help anyone. It did uh, cause problems, but it nowhere helped. And uh, uh, in many ways, what boycotts do is it, it makes the targeted group being boycotted stronger in the sense that they're forced to be more self-reliant. But it doesn't help the ones doing the boycotting because they basically lose the jobs, the markets, the opportunities, and so on. And you can just think, for example, uh, back in the 60s and 70s, there were a lot of American cars in South Africa. But because America was one of the first to put economic sanctions and disinvestment on South Africa, today almost all South Africans are driving German and Japanese-made cars mm. and uh, uh, Korean cars because really when you, when you practice boycotts, you put yourself out of the market. There also was the first time South Africa faced any kind of national shutdown, national um, boycotts. Remember, that was... Uh, back in the late 80s, and uh, a whole lot of um, uh, businesses uh, where all the workers were forced not to come. It wasn't so much a personal choice. There was a lot of compulsion and pressure and intimidation. But many of the uh, middle management so on rolled up their sleeves, went down to the work floor, and got the work done surprisingly fast. And next thing they were looking at this and saying, gee, we're employing far too many people. It actually doesn't take that much time to do all this. Uh, at all, and the result of the boycott was a lot of people lost their jobs, and uh, a lot of companies downscaled the number of employees, not not their productivity. And so, in many ways, boycotts are very counterproductive. Uh, the people who tend to stay away and boycott um, many times price themselves out of jobs. They also increase the costs for the businesses, especially in this destruction. Who pays for? burning of pentechnicans and goods and looting and uh, other things that can be a collateral damage of such national shutdowns. And uh, therefore, we've got to look at the biblical principles. You shall not steal. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbors. Mm. And institutionalized envy and legalized theft just doesn't work. And boycotts and shutdowns produce nothing except poverty and, and in fact, uh, it's parasitic when you start to consume or destroy what others have earned by hard work, by ingenuity, by sacrifice. And so there's a world of difference between voluntary Christian generosity and sharing 
and compulsory socialist confiscation and coercion. Providential property and providential for the means of production is biblical, but socialism uh, has not only been proven to be counterproductive and not working uh, when it comes to economies, uh, but it is theft because the Bible makes it clear any taxation of 10% or higher is defined as oppression. 1 Samuel 8, where uh, t- the taxation of a king will be oppressive. Mm-hmm. He'll tax even as much as 10%. Well, unfortunately, we're going beyond that now. But also taxation of property and taxation of inheritance is strictly forbidden in the Bible. And institutions and individuals employed in the full-time service of the Lord may not be taxed. Ezra 7, 23 and 24. Any unequal or progressive system of taxation is also unscriptural. Now, we understand why people are frustrated. The cost of living is skyrocketing. Inflation is out of control. But we also need to look at why. Fuel costs are not just rising because of war and instability, but also because of an inordinate amount of government taxation and fuel levies. And it's not just the fuel levy. There's a whole series of taxes on top of it, to the point that every litre of petrol that we purchase more money goes to the government through taxes and levies than actually to the petrol company or to the oil company or, or producing country, and that may surprise people. Therefore, actually, one of the quickest ways to bring down the cost of fuel is to slash, if not abolish, government taxes and levies on fuel. And I think when we just look across the border at our neighbours, Botswana and uh, Namibia, and see that they pay a lot less for their fuel than we do, and they get their fuel from us. Um, it's, it's an immediate wake-up call to the fact that missionaries across the border to deliver Bibles and conduct ministry across the borders know that you basically want to cross the border with very little fuel in your tanks that you can refill in Botswana, which is cheaper than South Africa. That's bizarre. It's a landlocked country. It receives its fuel from us. Mm. But it shows again how much of our fuel is actually tax and fuel levies. And the problem of inflation is compounded by the fact of corruption. Now, inflation is a hidden tax, and uh, inflation confiscates people's earnings and savings and debases the currency. And inflation is a direct result of government policy, especially printing more money than there is uh, gold or silver or real value to back it. And inflation is the biggest stealer of all from us. But we have corruption. Tremendous amount of corruption. And the government mustn't act at the helpless victims in this cost of living increase and this uh, tremendous burden that's actually stealing for everyone. The African Union Task Force on Corruption has calculated that a full 32% of the gross domestic product, that's 32% of the GDP of Africa, is stolen by government corruption every year. And so corruption is so pervasive. And that, by the way, is 10 times more than all the foreign aid that Africa receives. So instead of wanting more foreign aid or this or that, uh, what we really need is a cut in corruption. And it would be perfect to abolish it. But just think, just a cut of 10% in the corruption across Africa would alleviate the need for any foreign aid because it would be equal to that. And so the amount of foreign aid is huge, but the amount of corruption is 10 times worse. So when we look at all this, one understands what the scripture is speaking about when Proverbs 10 we read, ill-gotten treasures of no value, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the cravings of the wicked. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 24, Proverbs 12 verse 24 says, diligent hands will rule, but 
be laziness ends up in slave labor. Proverbs 13, verse 4, the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. This honest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. That's Proverbs 13, verse 11. And so we should see that the Bible is clearly against oppression and exploitation of the poor. It's very clear about the right to own land and property. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbors. And plainly we see the principles of Scripture are against the wastage and the corruption and the dishonest weights and measures. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Use honest scales and honest weights. I am the Lord. That's Leviticus 19. Throughout the Bible, money is spoken of by weight, and God's law requires that financial transactions be made in terms of honest measures. Inflation is the theft of wages and the destruction of savings by devaluing the currency. And so instead of counterfeiting, printing more money than there's actual value to back it, it's essentially dishonest. It's a hidden tax where silver becomes dross. But Proverbs 11 verse 1 says, dishonest scales the Lord abhors, but accurate weights are his delight. It's so important that we have biblical economics, that we have honest measurements, that we work against corruption and against inflation, because that, I think, is behind what people are complaining about today. But we still pray that the protests do not take the form of violence or destruction of property, because that could steal from even more people opportunity, employment, business, and uh, income on every level. So let's be careful that when we protest against inflation and corruption, that we love our neighbors ourselves and we do to others as we would want to be done unto. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. Thank you so much. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Thank you so much for your contribution and your time this morning. Here's to a great and peaceful weekend. Thank you. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.